Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, let's make a deal. Trey gets real, and maybe it's not just the starters. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts and get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the Sirius XM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Let's make a deal. So... One of the guys that has now suddenly maybe become available and just not been confirmed or anything like that, but is edge rusher Daniil Hunter, who for the Minnesota Vikings has been very productive over the last handful of years. He's had three of the last four years where he's had double digit sacks, 14 and a half, 14 and a half, six, 10 and a half. Now in 2021, he dealt with a neck injury where he only played in seven games and had six sacks in that time, but bounced back last year to have another 10 and a half sack season starting all 17 games. And this guy's an elite pass rusher, but he's not been able to come up with a contract for the Minnesota with the Minnesota Vikings. So he has set out OTAs and now he's going to sit out mandatory minicamp, which does involve a fine, even though it's like sixteen thousand. $250, you know, per day or whatever like that. So, but he is going to sit out mandatory minicamp and he's going to get fined for it. Now, the impasse is basically the contract extension. So he's set to make $5.3 million this year. When you figure up all the bonuses and his base salary and all the good kind of stuff, he's only set to make $5.3 million this year. Part of that has been that they've moved money around to try to make him happy in this contract. They've tried to move money up for him. Okay. But now he's going to be a free agent come next year. And all the rumblings are is that he is maybe not happy or they can't figure out a way to get a contract done. And there's been, you know, according to reports, and we always love those things that say, according to reports, that he is available in a possible trade. And and teams have inquired about him as part of a trade. Now, why would they not? Okay. I mean, he's 28 years old and he's got 71 sacks by the age of 28 years old. Why would anybody not want a guy like this? So here's what I say. Let's see. Um, We have cash. So we still got plenty of cap space next year. That precious cap space that we, you know, always talk about. We got plenty of cap space for next year. Got a lot of guys that are on one-year contracts. Um, I still have probably my biggest doubt when it comes to the pass rush. So, okay, that fits the the need or what have you. So when you look at, you know, again, he's not an old guy. He's not, he's not 35 years old, like Calais Campbell or anything like that. So when you factor everything in, why would I not be in the mix for Daniel Hunter for the Falcons? Why, Why would the Falcons not be in the mix for a guy like this? We need that fire breather coming off the edge. If you want to tell me that, I have Hunter on one side, and I have Arnold Ebicady on another side, and, and those two guys feed off one another. Perfect. But if this guy is going to end up getting moved, okay, 
and he wants a contract extension. If I can pay Jesse Bates $14 million a year to stand 10 yards away from the safe, from, from the line of scrimmage, why can't I pay Daniel Hunter? Yeah, I know AJ Terrell and all this kind of stuff. Guess what? You make it work. You do like the New Orleans Saints do and figure out how to get everybody underneath the cap, right? I mean, because we're the only team in the NFL that seems to follow the rules of the cap and, you know, stick to a certain guideline and everything else along with it. Doesn't feel like anybody else in the league has to follow along with the guidelines of a cap. It's just us. And we absorb all the dead money for, you know, a player. Like nobody else does that, but, but us. But I love the idea of a Daniil Hunter that could be here. Again, when you have a player of that caliber, figure out how to use him. I don't, I don't care if he's a traditional defensive end, whatever. You figure out a way to use him. Third-round pick out of uh, LSU, figure out a way to use a guy that has 71 sacks for his career. He had a stretch where he had back-to-back seasons of 14 and a half sacks. That's 29 sacks. We had 39 as an entire team the last two years. You hear me? That he had 29 in a two-year stretch. We had 39 in a two-year period for our entire roster. You don't think we need help? Give me a break. And it's still the one thing that I am hung up about and I will continue to drive this point home is that you can't have too many guys to sack the quarterback. Let's all sing it together. You can't have too many guys to sack the quarterback. We talk about, I know D let us talked about, you know, when I've had him on my show that, you know, you can't have too many corners and this and the other. You think that you can't have too many guys to sack the quarterback. Did the Philadelphia Eagles last year look and say, well, you know, we we just we we don't we have too many guys that can sack the quarterback. I think Nick Sirianni stood up in front of the media and said, Yeah, folks, I mean, we we just have too many guys. We 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 can't we can't use these guys. We can't find a need for them. We can't find a way. Figure out a guy with, with when you got 71 sacks coming from one player on your roster, figure out how to do it. And and look, I think he I think he set the, the record for most sacks by the age of 25 or just some kind of crazy ridiculous stat but if he if he is getting if if the vikings are backed into a corner and they're not going to have much of a choice to trade him why can't we bring him in we got the cap space so we're not going to be fighting the cap space moving forward we can offer him the big time extension and I would certainly rather offer him an extension than I would the Lorenzo Carters and people like that. I like those guys, and and they need to be part of your roster. But if I have to allocate money for him specifically to get this thing done, then, again, use your cap space. Sign guys. Sign impact guys. Yes, I know that two years ago he dealt with the neck injury, but he's also started 17 games last year. He finished 12th in the NFL and comeback player of the year voting. He had 10 and a half sacks. Guess what? I'd kill to have a guy that had 10 and a half sacks. We, we need, we, we can't be in the business of building our culture and this and that and everything like that and talking to me about playoffs and divisions and all this kind of stuff. And then we're not in the mix for guys like this. Seriously, 
Like, how can you tell me about all oh, divisions and playoffs and we want this and that and the other. And then this guy is being called by every team in the league because he's sitting out OTAs. He's sitting out mandatory minis. He's not going to be there. He's not happy with the Minnesota Vikings organization. They can't get a contract done. Come down south here, son. Let's get a contract done with you. I'll negotiate it. I'll, I'll be the guy that negotiates the contract. What do you need? Me and Arthur Blank, we're going to take him to uh, Chops and, uh, no, sorry, Bones. Take him to the Lobster Bar at Bones, and we're going to negotiate a contract deal, and we're going to get this guy here. You don't have a chance when you have too many young pass rushers that are sitting available that that become on the marketplace. And if the Falcons are wise, they'll find a way to go in and bring a guy like this in. I know it may be pie in the sky and, you know, all these other reasons. I mean, I know we have a million excuses why we can't have a guy like this on our roster. Well, he's going to cost too much or, well, he doesn't want to be here or, you know, this and that. Okay. Why can't I have a fire breather coming off the edge? Why can't I have one of those guys that I can line up and say, okay, that guy's going to give me 10 sacks next. Again, Nick Sirianni never got in front of the media and said, man, we just got too many guys that can sack the quarterback. We just got to get rid of some of these guys because they just got too many guys that can do it. No, no, 70 sacks. Where'd they end up? I, I can't remember right now. Where, where'd the Eagles end up? Oh, yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, certainly the team that finished second didn't get in. Oh, what? Oh, they 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 won the Super Bowl? Oh, okay. Anyway. All right. So, well, anyway. All right. But Daniil Hunter, let, let's find a way to bring him in here. If, he, if he's truly unhappy and he can't work out a deal in Minnesota, let's figure out a way to get him here and give me that last piece that I'm missing, that fire breather off our defensive edge. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As you know, FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and obviously as the NBA playoffs have just wrapped up. Listen, FanDuel's got you covered if you're a new customer. Head to FanDuel.com and sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet where if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $2,500 in bonus bets. That's right, $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, FanDuel is safe, secure, super easy to use. Certainly, you can bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to how many homers this guy's going to hit and what have you, but FanDuel's got you covered with everything. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Trey Young had his latest episode of the From the Point podcast where on back on June 9th, where he talked about the idea of wanting more. Here's his quote. You always feel like you want more, like there's more out there. I mean, obviously, I haven't won anything. I haven't really won anything, to be honest with you. I've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is cool, but in my eyes, if you don't win that championship, it ain't enough. So he went on to say that this year I didn't shoot the ball the best. I don't want to blame it on anything, but I feel like I could have been a lot better. Uh, I'm going to um, 
sorry. I know I'm going uh, into next year. I'm going to be a lot better and getting back to what my standards are for myself and even getting that higher. Now, I give him credit. You know, again, taking some honesty, you know, again, kind of self-reflecting on things like that. I mean, he wasn't that good. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball very well. You know, his raw numbers are outstanding, right? I mean, 27 points, seven, you know, 10 assists and things like that. But when you dive deeper into things and you see more of the game, you know, again, he was a guy that struggled as well. Had a lot of other guys that struggled along with him. You know, John Collins did not have a very good year for whatever reason. You know, DeAndre Hunter was a really mixed bag throughout the regular season. Some nights he would be really good. Some nights he'd be just disappearing from this team. Murray was pretty consistent. Capella was pretty consistent for what they asked him on. But, you know, look, if this franchise is going to get where we want it to be, if this franchise is going to get to that next level and to that, you know, ultimate championship level, you know, Trey Young is going to lead us there. He's going to be the guy that's going to lead us in all of this. And he's the one guy that I've said that I don't think that he gets moved and I don't think that there's any desire to move him or what have you. He says, I'm not necessarily trying to just chase that, but I know, I know it, I know if it's, I know if I do, it's getting my teammates involved, just making everybody else me get, or everybody else around me get paid. That's important to me. So that's really the main thing for me is just trying to get my teammates involved and trying to lead the league in assists every year because I know that's going to make my teammates happier. It's a tough, it's tough when you're declining and when you go from the conference finals down, but it's also hard to get uh, to that point. Well, you know, again, look, it's not been a last couple of years that has been a banner year for Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. And, you know, again, it's been a situation where as Trey Young goes, the Atlanta Hawks go. And we've talked about maybe that's not necessarily a good thing. Maybe that's maybe that's not necessarily a good thing that everything has to be on Trey Young to do everything. And certainly, look, getting his teammates involved and all that good kind of stuff, that's all great. And I can appreciate all of that. But, you know, he's a guy that also needs to be better. And sometimes the best way is not just getting your teammates involved, but leading by example. Sometimes the best way that you can do things is to lead by example where Trey Young plays well, he shoots well and all these other little things that go along with it. And maybe that, you know, motivates guys to be better in their game and have to elevate and step up their game because they're looking at their teammate and saying, well, if he's doing this, I got to carry my load. I got, I got to carry the weight for, for what I have to do. So this is why this, you know, again, now we're officially into the off season, right? Draft is, what, eight days away? I mean, the draft is a week from Thursday, right? And that player will be most likely stashed and dashed when it comes to, you know, going down to the uh, Skyhawks. I mean, again, that guy's going to get off a plane and instead of taking a northbound train on MARTA to head up to somewhere, he's going to probably take that shuttle bus, that, that, that shuttle train or whatever like that, that drops you off in College Park and he's going to go right to the arena. Right? I mean, that's that's... That's my, that would be my plan. I mean, what I don't even worry about what the 15th pick is going to be in this draft. I, I worry about basically what this guy is going to do, you know, come a few years. From now. We'll worry about all that. I got to get my regular roster right. 
And Trey is obviously a huge part of all of that. And, and again, it's not fair, but as you know, we've always said, as Trey goes, this franchise goes. And, and I thought that we would have moments that we would get out of some of that, where we don't have to rely on Trey Young for everything, that we've got a good core all the way around. The Warriors don't count on Steph Curry for every single thing. They rely on Draymond Green to be that defensive stopper and that rebounder. They rely on Klay Thompson to be that great shooter. So, again, we have to find those role pieces to go along with Trey Young. That's why I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen with this roster. I'm fascinated to see what this thing is going to look like at the end of the day. I think there's changes that are coming, you know, but certainly Trey with a moment of reflection about the fact that he hasn't won anything. He wants to get his teammates better. But I will say that the best thing Trey Young can do is lead by example. Elevate his own game. And if your teammates can't come up with you, then you probably don't have the right teammates. It doesn't have to all be on Trey Young to motivate and lead these guys. It's on Trey Young to play really well. And then what, what do they say? That the high tide rises all ships. That's the scenario for the Atlanta Hawks. It's not just Trey Young that's got to be better. Everybody's got to be better along with it. And if Trey Young leads by example, more than just trying to get people involved, if he leads by example, then we can get to where we need to be. And if somebody's not carrying their weight, then you got to figure out how to either get rid of that person or you make them better. That's for Quinn Snyder and those guys to figure all of that out. So it's going to be a fascinating offseason. We're certainly excited about uh, everything along with it. And look, starts with the draft. We'll get that out of the way. And then here comes free agency. And I'll be fascinated to see what the Hawks do to navigate their way through the waters of this roster. That are they going to be a, a luxury tax team or not? If we're going to be, a, if we're not going to be a luxury tax team, then we got all kinds of problems that we'll discuss down the road as we figure it all out. All right, as you make uh, hitting Hard your first listen, make sure you go into the comment section of whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. We like to call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. Check us out on all your platforms, but when you go in, leave us a comment that let us know that you're an everydayer, as we like to say, that you listen into to Hitting Hard five days a week, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. Well, maybe it's not just our starting pitching. You know, I mean, we've been fighting this idea that the starters are, you know, have, have been the problem just because for the Braves that, you know, we're down two spots in our rotation, you know, Elder, Strider, Morton, you know, they've, there are, you know, solidifying starters and we're bullpen gaming and all these other things, you know, our way through it. And we're talking about the idea of, okay, do we need to go out and get another starter? Need to find a guy who can solidify another spot in the rotation and this, that, and the other. But maybe at the end of the day, maybe it's our bullpen that needs upgrading. Maybe our bullpen needs upgrading. Now, again, I don't know if it's, you know, overworking. Um, some guys who just can't get it done. You have nights like this and this, that, and the other. But, you know, again, last night it was a wasted effort from Charlie Morton who really needed that bounce back game. We And I talked about this on the radio. I literally said, look, this is a, this feels like a get right game for Charlie Morton because it's against the Tigers. They're not very good. They're not a very good offensive team. And this feels like a get right game. Well, he did his job five and two thirds, four hits, no runs, 
three walks, eight strikeouts. So literally eight of his 17 outs that he recorded were via strikeout, 104 pitches in it. And he did his job. And then you get to the bullpen. McHugh gives up a run. Anderson gives up a run. Iglesias blows the save. He gave up three runs. And then, you know, Jimenez comes in and he allows the run, you know, in the 10th inning that for the rule allows the run in the 10th inning and the Tigers close it out. And that's, you know, again, for all the good things that the Braves have done, it does kind of make you scratch your head about, you know, we've had struggles beating the Oakland A's and the Detroit Tigers. But again, when we start talking about all these things with what the Braves need in this and the other, maybe they need some upgrades in their bullpen. You know, it doesn't feel like that this bullpen at times gets it done. Now, look, Minter's had his struggles, right? <coughs> Excuse me. We know Minter has had his struggles. Chavez has been really good by and large. I mean, he's been he's been very effective. He's been one of the more effective relievers coming out of the bullpen. Um, Iglesias has been good since he's gotten back. He's got, uh, what, nine saves, but he does have a couple of blown saves in the mix and all that, but he's been pretty good. You know, um, Yates has been okay. You know, uh, Anderson's been okay. But maybe we need some more bullpen help. Maybe, you know, some of the idea and the stress of, you know, these guys have pitched a good bit so far this year. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't have really what the answers are in it, but we keep talking about starter, 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 starter. We need to go out and find another starter. And I don't disagree with all that notion. I don't disagree with the idea of finding another starter. We were hoping that Michael Soroka could be a guy that could at least stabilize one of those rotational spots, right? That if he had Elder, Strider, Morton, that Michael Soroka could come up here and stabilize that other spot at least be that fourth starter and get yourself stabilized. And then we can figure out the rotation of guys, you know, the, you know, the Schusters and Dylan Dodds and, you know, everybody else and AJ Smith Chavers. And we can figure out that final spot in the rotation, mixing and matching. But the bullpen games have not gone very well for the Braves. When you don't get deep into games and some of these starts for guys, then you start burning up your bullpen and you start having to use it. And I know Snicker likes to use his bullpen. He likes to match up with his bullpen anyway. But maybe the Braves need some more relief help, though. Maybe the answer is not just a starting pitcher to help eat up some innings and take some of the pressure off of our bullpen. Maybe it's finding another horse or two down in the bullpen. And look, Alex Anthopoulos will figure out a way to get this thing right. I mean, I don't have any doubts about that. And it's not a matter of trust factor or this or that, or, you know, certainly, you know, his track record proves that he's going to find the players that he needs to, but maybe we start looking for upgrades into our bullpen. Hasn't been awful. I mean, it's not been, you know, a disaster or whatever like that, but there's no reason why against the Detroit Tigers, you should have nights like last night. You know, when your bullpen comes in and gives up all six runs, your, your starter got you through five innings plus, he got you almost the six innings of no-run baseball, and then you blow a lead and against the Detroit Tigers. And that more than anything is just the quality of the opponent that that's where it gets frustrating is when you blow leads against those kinds of guys. I can understand, but when it's the Oakland A's or the Detroit Tigers, something like that, you feel like your bullpen should be able to come in 
and protect the lead when you get a good starting, you know, and again, Morton needed that good start, right? I mean, he had, he'd been a guy who had been struggling in his last four starts. We talked about this last week on the show that he basically was a guy who, you know, had been struggling over the last four starts. You get a really good start for it. And then you blow the lead and against the Detroit Tigers, like I said, I can understand if it's the LA Dodgers or somebody, you know, of, of good quality, but you can't afford to blow leads like that. But obviously by and large, look, it's been nothing but bouquets of roses for the Atlanta Braves. But as we start talking about, you know, needing this guy and that guy and a starting pitcher here or this and the other who becomes available, maybe it's fine. You know, maybe we need to try to find a little bit more bullpen help. Maybe we need to find some guys that can come in and close out the door and just make sure that games like last night don't happen. And I understand it's baseball, 162 games and all these other things that that come on. But, you know, again, it, it's a situation where this team expects to win and, and they beat up on these teams, you know, and obviously you sweep the Mets and, you know, you play really well in Arizona and all this, that, and the other, and then you kind of blow a lead against the Detroit Tigers. So, again, while it's all good, I, and I understand, look, it's a situation where, you know, we're looking for a starter, but maybe we need to add some bullpen help at the end of the day. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Be sure to leave us a comment when you go in and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So whatever podcast platform that you're on, let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. We call them our everydayers. We thank you so much for being a part of our ever-growing community. You can check us out on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app as well, and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.